0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: If you will turn with me to, to Judges chapter 16 and verse 21. Tonight if you don't have your Bibles, you're, you just have to believe that I'm telling you the truth because the screens are not there down. Judges 16 and chapter, verse 21, the Bible says, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the, in the prison house. Tonight, if we will join me in prayer tonight, I'm going to talk to us for a few minutes about taking back what the enemy has taken from us. Let us pray. Lord, I ask you to touch and anoint anoint me tonight. Lord, I ask you to minister through me tonight, Lord Jesus, as I speak these words, Lord. I ask you to touch each one that's under the sound of my voice today. Lord Jesus, minister to them, Lord. Allow these words to be encouraging. Allow these words to be thought-provoking. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. How many people here tonight is the enemy took something from you? You've lost something to the enemy. It may be a family member or it'll be lost, or it may be time, or it may be happiness. But there's every one of us here tonight probably can look at their life and say, I've been, I've been, the enemy has took something from me. And I'm that I'm lost. And tonight the 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 person i started reading about is we know the scripture is talking about Samson. Judges chapter 13, the story of Samson begins. The Bible says, for lo, thou shalt conceive, talking to his mother, says, and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For this child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Samson was anointed before he was ever born. He was anointed, to to, the Bible says, to begin to deliver his people out of the hand of the Philistines. Samson was born in a time where his people the people of God had once again turned to worshipping idols and false gods. Samson, although being anointed from the womb, he was more interested in pleasing the flesh more than he was pleasing God. Sometimes in life, you know, we find that enemy he uses that against us. He uses sometimes the the the, the temptation of to uh Pleasing our flesh becomes more important to us than pleasing God. Can I tell someone today that, you know, even though he was living in fleshly pleasures of life, God still anointed him at times to do great things. If you know the story of Samson, you know, we know where he was, at many times we saw where he was, he had highs and he had real lows in his life. And sometimes I can find myself right with Samson. I may not have battled some of the same battles that Samson did, but I can find myself sometimes on the high of the highs, and then sometimes I can find myself allowing my flesh to get me down. Allow my flesh my fleshly pleasures. But and sometimes, you know, we find ourselves being fooled by that. Because God uses us at times. And then there's times of us that we allow our flesh to get the best of us. And because then because God uses us again. After a while, we get to a place like Samson did. Samson got to a place that he felt like it didn't matter what he did as long as he turned back to God and at the right time and, and that he could, and God would use him again. God would anoint him because but throughout his life, you know, we find Samson doing that and, and also I found myself in times when God has used me, anointed me to speak a word to someone or anointed me to, to pray for someone and God healed them. And then sometimes you know I find myself in them fleshly times. I am just being hope I ain't being too transparent here tonight, but, but I found myself in these, trans, in these fleshly times in my life and, and sometimes we, we take that for granted. And I've seen people in my life that, that really took that for granted too much because God, they would step into the church and God would just, just pour his blessings out on them. I mean, they wouldn't be in the church house 30 seconds and they'd be speaking in tongues and then go live like the devil the rest of the week. And come back next Sunday, and boom, God touches them because they're sensitive to spirit. When they really, when they turn to God, God is gonna, He's gonna answer that. He's gonna allow them to feel His touch when you're earnestly seeking Him. But people comes to a place in their life that, and that's where Samson had got to the place that he felt like he could just whatever he did, it all be good. And so that is the same with us today. We can find ourselves, if not, careful. And this, I'm not even kind of off my thought here tonight, but I just feel like just sharing this. But sometimes in our life, we can find ourselves drifting and then being accepted again. And we can find ourselves not being really where God really wants us to be, not really being used where God really wants us to use be used. But tonight in Judges 16, where I began to read, or I read the scripture, the one scripture I read, the Bible says, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with feathers of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Tonight, I just want to, you know, they, Samson lost some things because he had allowed the enemy to keep so close in his life that he allowed him to climb in his life that he found himself, and the enemy took some things from him. The first thing tonight I want to talk about is he took his sight. The Bible says they put out his eyes. And when he lost his sight, you know, we know that what that means. He he cannot see no more. But I think there's some spiritual significance about losing your sight. I believe that's why they took his sight out first. It's because when you lost your sight, you lose your direction. And when you lose your direction, you're just wandering anywhere in the life. I remember as a teenager getting ready to go somewhere on Friday or Saturday night and my dad would always ask us a question, where are you going? And we said, uh, I don't know, just go into town. He says, well, if you don't know where you're going, you can't go nowhere because you'll get lost and won't know how to find your way back home because you don't have no direction. And sometimes, you know, when we lose our direction and that's what they took his, they took his direction from him. The second thing is when he lost his, he lost his vision. And when he lost his vision, that's more than just seeing. When you lose your vision, the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 18, he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Tonight, when we lose our vision, the enemy, that's why he he wants to take our vision. He wants to take our future. When he takes the vision from what we see and how we see ourselves, where we see ourselves going, he takes that from us. He has us crippled. He has us to a place that we cannot be used of God because we can't see what God can do in us. You know, I'm I'm my worst, and I'm probably, and you are too, you're probably your worst enemy because you know, you say, well, I I know where I'm at and I know what I've done in my life and how could God use me? Why would God want to use me for some of the things I've done? And so when we lose our vision, when we lose our direction, the enemy, that's why he takes our sight. The next thing is he, when he takes your sight is you have to become dependent on someone to lead you. You have to be dependent on something on the outside, someone on the outside to lead and direct you every day, every, every day of your life. And so when you lose your direction and you lose your vision and you're dependent on something else besides yourself to guide you, that's where the enemy wants you. He wants you to be guided by the influences in your life. He wants you to be guided by the outside influences in your life. And the second thing is he disables you from being able to fight the battle because you can't see. They knew that if they took Samson's eyes, he could not see who he was fighting and he could not see to fight the battle. And that's why the enemy, he attacks our sight. He takes, our, he takes that from us because he knows if he takes our sight, our sight. We cannot see how to fight this battle. We lose that vision. We don't know how to. We won't, We don't do what God has called us to do. We are just wandering around in this world, aimlessly just wandering around. And that's where so many, I believe, so many Christians are today. They're just wandering because the enemy has took their sight. They took their vision in their in their direction. The second thing they took is they took his freedom. The Bible says they bound him with feathers. And so many times in life, you know, that's what the enemy, he, when he bounds us, they bound him and they brought him down to the very place. If you read back in scripture, you go back a couple, just a chapter or a few verses earlier, we find where Samson in Gaza, they carry him bound back to Gaza because in Gaza was a place that Samson showed his strength. He show, shouldered the gatepost and carried them out of the city of Gaza. That was a strong place for him. So when they bound him and they brought him back to his, his past, his strong place, they were trying to defeat him. They were was, they was him bound. And that's what the enemy he is trying to do in everything, every one of our lives, is he's trying to bind us to where we, we feel like we're bound to this. We cannot, we cannot function no more. We cannot do what God has called us to do. And he's took us and he bound us and then the third thing that they did is they took him, took his anointing to do God's work. The Bible says they, 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 they bound him and they carried him and he was grinding grain. And by grinding grain, his, he was doing some demeaning job that was supposed to be some animal, just oxen or, a, or something, a horse or something was to do. Here now they, he, was, he was took away from what God had called him to do. You know the Bible says in the scripture I read earlier in, in chapter 13, where he was, he was before he was even born, he was called to be anointed used by God. Now we find Samson. We find Samson, his, his freedom has been took away, now he is anointed to do God's work. And that's how the enemy, if he can get us take things away from us to the place that we're not doing what God has called us to do, that is his ultimate goal. He don't matter if we come to church. He don't matter if we come sit on a pew. It don't matter if we sing songs, if we're not doing what God called us to do, we're not doing what God is in our attentions. The Bible says in John ten and ten, the thief does not come except to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. And that's what he comes for. The enemy, if he comes in your house, he's coming for one of them three things. And, he, and but Jesus says in the same scripture, Jesus says, I, but I came." that you may, have, you may have life and that you may have that more abundantly. And so today we have a prescription for what the enemy's got. We have something that comes into our life. We have Jesus. When he comes into our life, he can take care of that. He can take care of our life. And, and, and today I wanted to I don't jump to a different story, but in 1 Samuel chapter 30, in verse one, the Bible says, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag, and on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and zigzag and smitten zigzag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captive that were therein and slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and beheld, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and his people were, that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Here David, the king, he was a leader in battle. Here he was in a bad place because we're here while he was all fighting one battle that he thought was important, the thought, where he thought that leading his men to. The Bible says the enemy came in into, into, the, into the home front, came into their camp and has burnt their city, burnt their homes, and took their wives and their children, took them from them. David was in a bad place because if you read the next scripture after I quit reading, you know, the people was talking about stoning him. They were just singing his praises, but now they were talking about stoning him because he took, but you know, David had lost just as much as they had lost. He had lost his wife. He lost his children. So here David was mourning just like they were but David, the Bible says in verse seven, I think it is, that David encouraged himself. And sometimes when we we cannot we, we, we get overwhelmed, sometimes we have to be like David. We have to encourage ourselves. Because everything around us may feel like it's falling apart. Everything around us may feel like it's doom and gloom in our life. But sometimes we just got to encourage ourselves with God. I mean, I'm not saying we need to do it on our own because we cannot do anything on our own. We got to allow God to encourage us. We got to allow his presence to encourage us and and that's what David did. David allowed God to encourage him and the Bible says in verse eight, says, and David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered unto him. He says, pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And so to hear what David was saying is he was asking a question. He was asking the Lord a question. He says, I don't know what to do, Lord. Have anybody ever been there before? Been in a place where everything seems like it's going wrong and you just don't know what to do. And here, here he was telling him, he says, and he was acquiring to the Lord, what do I need to do? Do I need to go follow, chase after them? Do I need to go try to get them back? God told him to pursue and that he surely would overtake the enemy and reclaim all that was lost. Too many times the body of Christ, as a as a body of Christ, we're in retreat mode, in reaction to the enemy, reacting to the enemy. But we need to be more in a pursue and overtake mode. We need to be more than just sitting back and waiting for things to fall in our lap. We need to stop waiting for things to in our life to just fall into place and, Sometimes in our life you know I think we need to be pursuing things. We need to be on the offensive side of things. It's been a few years ago but I was playing football in high school and and I played on the offense and defensive line and but at times in my life and when, when there was there's one one week we were scheduled to play this team and, and the coach and the that the team he says now this is supposed to be the best defensive tackle in the state of Florida. And he says he says so he says he gave me all these steps on what to do to take him. And so the first play of the very first of that game, here I'm lining up, was supposed to be the best guy in the state of Florida. Big guy, he was a lot bigger than I was. And and so here I was, I was not gonna let him make a tackle. I lined up and I thought about it. It was a pass play. And so I I got in my best stance and, and waited for him to hit me. And when he hit me, he knocked me about 10 yards flat on my back. So I got up the next play and I was like, that didn't work. I couldn't wait for him to come to me. So I had to go to him. And so the next play, I, I tried a different approach and I, and I met him in middle of contact. And, and, and it worked a little bit better. Not maybe perfect, but it worked a little bit better. And, and so the one thing I learned in that lesson is you cannot wait for the enemy. You can't just sit back and wait. He was gonna knock you flat on your back every time. We got to be invading his territory. We got to be going towards him, be on the offensive side. Instead of living with a mindset of self-preservation, we should be invading the enemy's territory. Instead of just holding on to Jesus comes, we need to be invading the devil's territory. It is completely a different way of thinking in life than sometimes we feel like. Sometimes we just want to come to church and get refreshed. But we need to be, invading his territory. We need to be not allowing him to come. keep taking our people. Keep taking the ones that sit on the pews beside us. We need to be invading some of his places and be inviting people. We need to be praying and in, going to battle. And, and you say, how do you invade the enemy's territory? We do it on our knees. We go to prayer and fasting and we need to get more than just, just a patty cake prayer. We need to be really pushing forward. I feel like to invade the ter- enemy's territory because he's playing for keeps. He's playing for keeps. Jesus is always, he was always taking territory. You know, if you read the ministry of Jesus throughout the New Testament, we, Jesus didn't sit in one place. His ministry wasn't in this big cathedral, big church house, and everybody came to see Jesus. Jesus was walking through the country. Jesus was going into the cities. He was going to where the, the demon-possessed was. He was walking in the dirty streets. He was going to, to them and taking the message to them. Today I'm saying God is, so we, he was our example. So we must be, we need to be carrying this gospel to the people. God calls us to invade and have an impact. He says in Matthew 28 and verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto you, unto me in heaven and in earth. He's given us the power. We got the power to overcome the enemy and he said in verse 19, he says, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even into the end of the world. Amen. He's with us. He's going with us. We're not going to have to go by ourselves to battle this. We've got him in our, in our army, he's going with us we don't need to wait around to, to, for something to happen right. and then to react to that don't wait until I get out of this situation in my life or when things get better or when we get up having a better church I feel like we need to be we, sometimes we have to, we have to make things happen right. rather our actions should be making the enemy react to us every morning when we get up our prayer should be what am I, how can I take this to the enemy? Who can I take from the enemy this today, in this 12 hours or this day at the job, wherever I'm at today? What can I do to give the devil a black eye? What can I do? I'm not gonna sit back and allow him to come back. And that's where I've got into my life. I'm not gonna just sit back anymore. I'm not sitting back. I'm taking this battle to him. We are in a battle to see people restored. Restored in their lives and to made whole in the presence of Jesus, but we have to be an intentional about doing that. We got to be an intentional about doing what we need to do. Know that Jesus has given you a purpose. He's given you power and authority and the influence of the Holy Spirit to see lives be changed. He's given us the power, and so we must. We need to be using that power. We need to be expanding our horizons of possibilities and what God can do through us. You know, we can't do nothing with our, with, our, with our fleshly abilities, but what God can do through us. And that's what I pray every day. My prayer is God, use me some way today that I can be used, that I can change someone's life. Our goals every day should be to take back that that has been taken from us. Throughout the years, Around this church, and I've seen people come and go, and I've seen things happen, and I've seen the enemy drift drill, draw people away. And I'm ready to see some of them people come back. I'm ready to see some of them people come back. I'm ready to see some of these loved ones, some of these people that's backslid. I'm ready to see them come back to these pews. I feel that we are in a season in the future, in the near future. I feel like we're in a season of restoration. And, if, and it is the heart of God to bring restoration to our lives and to all those around us. That is, that's why Jesus came. That's why he put on the earthly body is to see people restored. Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more full. When God restores, he does nothing halfway. He fills us all the way up. He cleanses us completely. God is wanting to bring forth a fullness of his glory in our lives. As we get in alignment with his truth, we begin to see the manifestation of his promises in our lives. When we align ourselves with him, all right. we can see them promises come forth. Samson could have lived out the rest of his life in captivity. Here he was. He was bound. He could live that the rest of his life but he wasn't willing to just stand by, and wallow in what he have could he what he could have been. Here he knew he had messed up. He'd allowed the enemy to get in too close in his life, but Samson come to a place. And I don't know how long a time it took, but Samson finally came to a place in his mind and his life that he wasn't going to wallow in what he could have been. In Judges sixteen and twenty seven, he says, "Now the house." was full of men and women. And all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the, the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee once, this only this once. And O God, that I may be at once avenged for the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two miller pillars Upon which the house stood, in which he was born up, and of the one with the right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, "Let me die with the Philistines." And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords, and upon all the people that were with therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they that which he slew in his life. He was he was willing. He was not willing to sit around no longer. He was at all costs willing to do whatever it took. To take back what they had stolen from him, his prayer was, "Let me avenge for my eyes, what the enemy took from me." He didn't matter to Samson then. He knew he was going. He knew he what the his destiny was fitting to be. But He didn't matter to the cost. He was willing to give it all to take back what the, the enemy had took from him. No matter what it was, God is here today. Whatever the enemy has took from you today. I feel like God is here today to restore you to where you deserve to be. You don't have to leave this place the same. God can move on you and change you. And as I begin to close tonight, there's an old song that we used to sing around here that says, I'm taking back what the enemy has stolen from me. And said tonight, if we're gonna take back what the enemy has stolen from us, we're going to have to be intentional about that. We're not going to be able to just sit around and do things that we have done. I feel like God is calling us to step into another level. I feel like God is wanting us to, to take back, be intentional about taking back what he stole. As we stand across here tonight, I ask us tonight, are we willing just to sit by, sit around, And let the enemy keep taking. Or are we going to step into this and take back what he took from us tonight? Let us pray right now. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.